Hi, we're Katie, Jessica, and Shannon, and this is Boy Problems Podcast, a community focused on supporting families navigating substance use disorder. We hope sharing our stories, introducing you to experts, and answering all the questions you have no one else to ask will help you better navigate your story. Through our partners' recoveries, we found each other and formed our own squad, one we know is so valuable to how we manage this disease in our relationships. So we started bringing a microphone to our hangouts to extend our conversations to others just like us. When you're here, you're not alone. If you're listening, you probably know we met at a family support group and our bonds have grown stronger through sharing our stories and supporting each other. When we think about the thing that's helped us most, it's that. So we'd like to extend that community to you. If you're feeling like no one understands what you're dealing with, or you're looking for a community of like-minded individuals, consider joining our virtual support group. For details, visit us at recovering2.com. We know what you're going through, and we're here to help. We're Recovering Too. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Boy Problems Podcast. We are back, uh, and this week is a check-in, so we're all going to kind of touch base on a few things. Um, but we are excited that you're here again. So woohoo! Welcome back. Yay. <laughs> Yay. It's been a while since we've done just a check-in with the three of us. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's been a really long time. <laughs> and some things have happened. So yeah. Well, so Katie. <laughs> you share. Yeah. So my easy thing to share as I have shared before that. Um, my husband has, um, he was a two pack a day smoker and then he quit and, um, it was a very long transition. It went to vaping for a very long time, but then he got off of his nicotine and then he started smoking a cigar with a friend on Fridays and then it progressed to Saturday by himself. And now it's basically every Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And it is, if he's having a great day, he's having a cigar. If he's having a bad day, he's getting a cigar. (laughs) If he's stressed because the kids were crazy, he's getting a cigar. And so, um, he is now what I'm calling a smoker and I'm pissed about it and he knows it. And we are just agreeing to disagree. Um, other people, Shannon and Jessica included have said, give him this thing. Maybe Jessica, you've said that, Shannon. I don't think you've said that in so many words. Um, but he's also training for a marathon. So the fact that the man can run 20 miles, he ran 20 miles last week and he smoked a cigar Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and he felt great. He felt like he could have ran the full marathon. <laughs> um, so good for him, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. It pisses me off. <laughs> Yeah, so I was to say, um, what is it you said you're pissed? Yes. What is it that you're pissed about? Yeah, good question. So I'm pissed because when he said that he was just going to start this with his friend, he already said that quitting nicotine and cigarettes was way harder than quitting heroin and his opiates. So he said he never wants to go back and he never wants to do it again. Then he starts getting dipping his toe in the pond with the cigar. And I just felt in my heart that it wasn't going to be just on Fridays with his buddy. 
mm-hmm. and it, and it has turned into that. Um, and so it was just a point of contention with me. Um, I did travel last weekend and like, um, you know, COVID. So I just, I sat outside at like the hotel bar or whatever the restaurant and ate dinner and somebody was smoking a cigar or black and mild. And I'm just, I was angrily eating my dinner by myself in Florida, <laughs> like pissed, you know, cutting my food or whatever. And, you know, so it's just a thing. I don't know. I just don't want well, to snowball into cigarettes because it's going to be like, Oh, I just had one. Oh, I just had two. It's just, it's going to be, it's going to snowball. So, yeah. I just think this is very interesting because I think this demonstrates the addictive mindset and, and with something else, you know, like it's that, that continuous, like it snowballs, you know, and you need more and more, and then you start needing it to get through certain situations or as a reward or as it's a coping mechanism. And now it's how I socialize, but it's also how like I comfort myself after a hard day. It's what gets me through like dealing with my rowdy kids, you know? And so that's interesting that it has become this like thing he goes to. My husband calls it like a pacifier, you know? Ooh, that's (laughs) funny. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, when you're your baby and you need a pacifier to soothe yourself, it's like your pacifier. <laughs> and uh, he, he calls his vape that, um, like his tobacco vape thing. And that's sort of, though, it's interesting to think of it like that. Um, but I'm curious, yeah. like, how you feel about this type of behavior? Like, do you view it as the addiction mindset coming in and like does that concern you like what are your thoughts about that yeah ten thousand percent it is the addiction mindset i feel in my gut i knew this was going to happen Mm -hmm. um i don't like the smell of smoke i don't like to kiss him when he smokes cigars are very smelly i don't get behind the whole thing of you smoke cigars for someone else so that you smell it um i mean people Oh yeah. So many people say that like, Oh, my husband, I love when he smokes cigars. And if he doesn't smoke cigars when I'm around, I'm pissed because I love the smell. Oh, weird. I've never heard of that. It's a thing. Oh, interesting. So my take, you referenced earlier, what you thought me and Jessica thought. And for me, I think if your issue was, uh, I just don't, like the smell of it and they're kind of gross. I don't like it. I would be, that's where I'm kind of in the camp of like, Oh, let the guy have something like, it's not that big of a deal, whatever. Um, but I totally see where you're coming from. I think more what I'm hearing from you, the concern and where I would agree with you is more of like behavioral, like patterns and that it follows patterns from when he was using other things. And I think that is triggering on like, okay, how long until, you know, the cigars, it went from once a week to now twice a week to three times a week. Now, when does that become cigarettes? And then when's it become alcohol and so, and so like, so on and so on. And so I think from just watching like his behaviors, like I would feel probably if I was in your spot, like anxious as well. Um, but not because of like, oh, it's like cigars. It's more of just like, what's his mindset? 
right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think it's going to lead to drugs. I'm not, I'm not concerned with that. I'm, I'm concerned that it's going to lead him to be a smoker again. And I'm not here for that. Yeah. Like, I just don't like that. And it's expensive. Cigars are expensive. That's, I remember. That's while, so interesting. Didn't he, didn't he actually tell you that he had recognized that he was starting to use it more as like at first when you guys had this conversation early on and then he recognized like, oh, I think it's becoming more of a like obsessive thing. And then he like pulled back. Has he, or he didn't, has he addressed like that mindset again or kind of. No, he recognizes it. He acknowledges it. Um, he's just not doing anything about it. Gotcha. Yeah. What were you going to say, Jess? Um, I was going to say that I find it interesting at the beginning, like this, a few months ago when we were talking about this, I remember the conversation on your back patio and I really (laughs) truly was like, you gotta let this go. Let the guy have a cigar once a week. But now I, I guess I, um, my stance has changed a little bit because Um, it's just the um it see it would be super triggering for me because you just said you're not worried about it becoming drugs but I'm thinking about like seeing that addictive cycle in my spouse and that would be very alarming to me and how does it stop you know like yeah how what's where does the where's the line drawn and because it's it's obvious that like once you're into something, you know, you just can't stop it. <laughs> that's how True. their brain works. And right. so it's like it's that's the thing for me that it's like, well, if you can't, yeah, I don't know. So what is he doing to like is he still going to meeting? Like how is he supporting his recovery, like knowing that this is use like what are you looking for, I guess, to have that reassurance? Uh, yeah. I mean, he's still going to meetings. He's still doing those things. He's still, he's sharing about it. Although he kind of feels like a tool for sharing about cigars when people are sharing about really free <laughs> drug use. Um, mm-hmm. but I don't think I've shared on the podcast yet. And I shared it to you guys is, uh, he went to a meeting, whatever, like typical, I was doing dishes. He came home, he sat down with our kid watching TV and I came in the room and I immediately smelled smoke. And I said, motherfucker, did you smoke? (laughs) And he said, yes. And our five-year-old was there and I wasn't going to make a big stink. I just stopped talking. And then it was his turn to put the five-year-old to bed. And usually we kind of do it together. Um, But that night I just sat down and I was like, have fun with the five-year-old. And he came down and he confessed that he wasn't, he had no intention of telling me he smoked at the meeting. Mm. And that, that fucking sent me, I, I mean, it, it really affected our relationship. I think um, it sent me back very quickly to the trauma of the lying and right, right. Mm-hmm. He smoked just our BFD. It's not the cigar, it's the behavior. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, that happened and it was just like, dude, you can't do that. And then, you know, he's buying his cigars at Kroger and he didn't remember that Kroger was the place that he was going all the time to buy the drug dealers, the gift cards. And so Kroger, all these charges at Kroger 
are triggering for me. Mm. And I said, can you not understand that? And so he has switched to now going to a cigar shop. So on the bank statement, it says whatever cigar shop instead of Kroger, $5 at Kroger, $6 at Kroger, $13 at Kroger, because you can't like, sometimes he does just go buy a gallon of milk, but I don't know what's milk and what's a cigar. Yeah. Right. So that has very much affected our relationship and it is disappointing that we are almost six years into his recovery and how quickly I can be taken back and the trust be shaken. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious, was his, like when he said he had no intention of telling you about the cigar, was that like, he wasn't going to tell you because he knew it was going to be an issue. So he wanted to hide it or he wasn't going to tell you because he was like, it's, it's not a big deal. No, like, not that. Know, okay. Cause I know no. like you, there are things like you don't tell him when you do like the gummies and stuff. Right. Yeah, correct. So, right. you know, there are some things I think in relationships, like you just don't always like tell. So I guess it would be like, what's the intention and how does that affect? I think it's because we, you know, we had the, the very open conversation. Okay. I understand you're going to do it every Friday. Then we had another conversation. Okay, fine. You're going to do it Friday and Saturday. I'm not happy about it, but I understand. Mm-hmm. But then he, he just, he did it like outside of our boundaries. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. You feel like you guys had to find something and we're on the same page about it and agreement. And then he kind of went around it. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. So what are you doing to deal with this? I mean, does this take you back to some of your old behaviors or like, how are you navigating this situation? Yeah. So it was very triggering. Um, I kind of um, went back to some codependent stuff, some, a little bit of detective stuff. I went back to my resentments, um, all those things. And so, and so, so my other share is unfortunately my dad passed away, um, unexpectedly middle of August. And so that happened kind of, kind of in the midst, like the, the cigar thing happened before my dad had passed away. Um, so it's kind of just been a shit mess of shit for the past couple of months. Like our relationship mm-hmm. is just, um, we're not going to get divorced. There's nothing like that. Um, but it's just been wonky. We're mm-hmm. just not connecting. Um, so, so I can't, I can't tell you, you know, with, with everything with my dad that just kind of took a, came to the front. And so mm-hmm. I don't, uh, I, I don't have that answer of like what I'm doing. Cause like, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm just kind of trying to survive my days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And it makes sense that your relationship would feel strained right now. Like there's a lot of emotions and right. things that are just like, you know, drain your energy and right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my share. <laughs> um, oh, something though, that went along with that, like, so in this, you know, with those, the strain on your relationship and you guys feel like you're fighting or not getting along, whatever it might be, does that create any issues or concerns or like when your, your dad passed away? I know your, your friend had questioned something about Kimmin. 
yeah, my girlfriend called and, you know, I was talking to her and she was like, well, you know, how's Gemin? I was like, I don't know. What do you mean? She was very, she was very concerned that he was, that was going to trigger him to go out and use. And that had not even crossed my mind. Um, and so I did come home and I told him that I was like, Hey, you know, Cam thought you were gonna, you know, go out and use. And he was like, Oh, he's like, honestly, that didn't even cross my mind. Uh, so I, I wonder, you know, I don't know if somebody, I mean, he was close to my dad. Um, I wonder if like his mom or maybe if his sister passed away, if that it may cross his mind. Um, but I think hopefully he has enough recovery to know that's not going to solve anything. Yeah. It's, it's just not going to help. So mm-hmm. true, but it is, it was very interesting because that never even crossed my mind. I do feel very confident in his recovery program and the things that he does. And he tells me about his meditations and he talks to people on the phone and he goes to three meetings a week. I mean, yeah, he's so. like doing all of the things. Yeah. Um, And I do think like after a certain amount of time, you know, and as their brain is healing, they are able to recognize like, okay, when something shitty is happening, like the using drugs is just going to make things worse. Like there is a time when you're in active use or maybe like super early in recovery where it's like, oh, I just want to use and like all feel better. Yeah, and then yeah. once you get some clean time, cause I remember Jay talked about this during COVID and being furloughed and things. He was like, I'm glad that I'm in a place where I can recognize that like using drugs right now would make everything a hundred mm-hmm. times worse. worse. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So that's my share. Thanks for yeah. listening. For time for you. I just what about, what you. about you, Shannon? You look, you're in a hotel room, with a mini, <laughs> mini coffee maker behind you. What's up? <laughs> yeah, I'm a uh, traveling for work. I don't have much of a, a check-in. It doesn't feel like a lot has been happening, which I try to remind myself is like a good thing. I think sometimes, I don't know, just when things are like chaotic, you're just wishing for those like boring, normal times. And I feel like I've been in that for a while. Um, we did have a couple like milestone, like anniversary dates, um, recently come by, but those like went by without issue. Like we had a a good time. I think I was more worried leading up to it. Um, just because I, I get kind of stuck in my feelings of thinking back to the past. Um, and so I've just have been trying to recognize that and like bring myself to the present and say, here's where you are now. Everything's fine. Like blah, blah, blah. Um, so like you mentioned, I'm traveling right now for work. Um, and that's something that sometimes can be a little bit triggering or just like a, an added layer of worry, just wondering like what's going to happen really. And I think it's because I've never come home from a trip and like found Jay using or like caught him doing something. Um, but there have been times during relapses where it then comes out after the fact, like, oh yeah, when you were away, I used X, Y, and Z. And so it's, I guess I was thinking about it. It's more of the thing of like, I hate the idea that like in three months, I will find out something like I'll go home and think everything's fine. Then to later find out that, oh, it was all just a lie. So that's, Mm -hmm. I guess more the, like a little bit of what I worry about is just that like, 
reality versus like what you think is reality. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, that happens to me a lot. <laughs> yeah. Have you thought about just randomly drug testing him when you get home? Yeah, I have. Just just for shits and gigs, really. Yeah, and but then you know, have, yeah, we have drug tests um, at home. That's the thing is, like, I really don't feel like there's any reason to worry about it. Like, sure, he's been doing so well. Like, there's no red flags. He's, you know going to his meetings, talking to a sponsor, hanging out with people in recovery, like doing the therapy, um, that he had to do for, that was court ordered, but has, he's actually been like continuing with it. So that's good. Um, so there's like no reason other than like historical reference of just knowing that there have, has been times when he's used when I've been gone, but even then it's not been like a one-off use. It's been part of like a a long run that I just sure. was unaware of. Sure. That makes sense. Hey, not to put you on the spot, but um, I haven't asked you in a while. Like what's the uh, latest with like future plans for you guys? Any news <laughs> there? <laughs> You've um, talked about it before, but it's been a while. Yeah. Uh, no new news. Just, okay. I think that I think I've said this before. We're probably at the point where we'll have like a kid before we get married. I think that mm. between the two, like mm. is something that I want more. Um, but we're not like actively trying for that at this point. Yeah. yeah. I think before you've also said like that you guys just aren't like, you're not, you no longer are putting dates on things. So by October 1st, Mm -hmm. you're going to be pregnant. And then in November of 23, you'll be married. Like you're kind of just going with the flow. Yeah. I feel like that switched in your head a bit. Trying. Honestly, I think COVID kind of helped with that when it was like, you know, people who had dates in their minds for weddings or things. And it's just like, just goes to show that we have no control over. Very true what is happening. Um, and I, I can't remember if we've talked about this in the past or if it was with other people. Um, I kind of feel like sometimes that I handled COVID better than I would have if I had not gone through like my experiences with Jay and addiction. Cause I had a little bit of a, uh, um, what's the word? Like I had a experience of being completely out of control and like having things not out of my control and not knowing what was going to happen. And so I don't know, I guess it wasn't like COVID it was different. Um, but it had, had just come off of like a year of nothing was coming out the way I thought it was going to. So it was like, well, we'll just keep going. Yeah. Right. That's true. Yeah. I could totally see you just like on a whim, like you and Jay, like, you're just sitting around and you're like, you know what? F it. Like, let's just go climb and hike in the woods and bring somebody who's ordained and just get effing married. I, I don't know why <laughs> I just feel like that could be you guys. Maybe, maybe you see, know something that I don't. Ooh, I'll get ordained. <laughs> let me, I'll okay. get ordained and then just let me know. I'll climb. Maybe. Katie, I, I you're going to go hiking. We're going on a hike. Oh. <laughs> um, oh. Something I did think of that 
when I'm traveling, I think something that has helped and it kind of goes along this theme of control and realizing like, I don't have control of what he's going to do. Um, it used to in the past, you know, would try and be like plan like, okay, well, how many meetings are you going to, or call me at this time or like trying to think Mm -hmm. of what things I could control to make sure that everything was fine when he was at home. And Mm -hmm. it has shifted to where I'm like, it's not up to me to make sure that he's fine when I'm gone. Like he needs to do that. Um, and that it came up like back in March, I was away from home for like a month. Like I didn't live at home and, and going into that, I had brought up like, Hey, are you concerned? Like, to be honest, I'm a little bit worried about being gone that long and just routine. And, um, he said, yeah, you know, it's, crossed my mind a little bit. And I, I'm not worried that I'm actually going to go use, but I have thought about getting out of routine and things. And so he said, but I've talked to my sponsor about it. I've let a few like key people know like, Hey, Shannon's going to be gone for a few weeks. I just want to put that out there. Um, and I don't know, I guess that just went a long way for reminding me like the, that he is in charge of this and like making sure that he's set up for success. So I'm kind of trying to operate that way more. That's so interesting that we kind of came in with a check-in, but it kind of seems like the theme so far for Shannon and I is we have no control. True. There's no, there's no control over Kim and smoking. There's no control about what Jay is doing at home by himself right now. Um, you know, there's no control. You know, my dad passed away like out of left field. So like, we just literally have no control over anything. And Jessica, you don't have control over Casey using weed. Nope. Yeah. And how is that going for you? Well, it's, it's nothing's changed. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It hasn't, I feel the same as I did the, the, when I first talked about it on the podcast, um, yeah, it doesn't really bother me at all. It's not like a thing or an issue or something that like I monitor, um so yeah no no change there I mean he's still doing it um but it seems to be in a reasonable way and it's not irresponsible and that like he's you know caring for our child um like that or driving under the influence with our child and or any of those boundaries that are just like a hard no for me obviously um (laughs) So it's definitely more of like a relax, relaxation type of thing or recreational thing um, on the weekends and it, or late at night or whatever. So I don't, I don't have anything new to report on it. I'll definitely let you guys know if that changes, but um, yeah. no news is good news as far as that goes. Um, he's still doing therapy and um all of that, which I think that has been like a true game changer for him. Yeah. Um, so, but he did say something interesting the other day on this topic. He said that um, his therapist uh, thinks like this whole smoking weed thing is bullshit. <laughs> so he talks about it all the time, <laughs> which I just think is so funny that she just keeps challenging him, which I think is good that it's someone that's yeah. not me, you know, that's yeah, like, sure. I don't have to do that. Like, I just feel glad that she's doing that and making him consider it and continue thinking about it and assessing it. Um, 
you know, similar to like what you're saying about Kevin, it's, it can get, these things can snowball, you know, these habits yeah. can form. And I just am glad that she's like checking in with him about it and kind of, you know, holding him accountable to what he said about it. So, um, so that's interesting, but yeah, she doesn't, she doesn't think this is a thing, like it should be a thing, but yeah, it's just, it's funny. Um, so hopefully she, not that I ever hope that he relapses, but hopefully she would kind of be tuned into something's coming maybe yeah, before, know. before you, you know, maybe, I don't know. Um, yeah, potentially, but he is very open with her. Um, as far as I know, yeah. from the, what I gather from their conversations, he doesn't, you know, give me the transcripts but definitely seems like he feels comfortable sharing with her so i don't know it'd be interesting um but yeah another thing so this is i came into the conversation thinking i was going to share about one thing um but on the topic of control um i don't know the last time i gave an update about my dad but Mm. um that's the area that I feel like I'm just in uncharted territory (laughs) and I don't have control at all and I don't know what to do um so my I'm not I'm just going to give a highlighted uh recap of what's going on but essentially we went on vacation and my dad moved out while my family was on vacation so he had been living with me for almost a year and kind of left while I was gone on vacation which is so weird no say anything to you about it right you just showed up yeah we actually text him like when we got home and was like hey we assumed he was at work and we're like hey we're we're home and we're gonna order dinner like do you want anything and like he wasn't coming home (laughs) so it was just like weird um so no control over the way that that unfolded but then also like it's harder to support him at from a distance with everything that's going on you know I used to get like daily weekly updates or what as things were happening in in real time um now it's like we'll talk on the phone maybe once a week and he'll tell me how things are going um it's just weird like I just I don't know what to do with that and then so essentially my stepmom is um She's in a methadone clinic, as far as I know. And she goes daily to get methadone. And um, she sees like a counselor there, but that's it. that's the extent of her treatment currently. Um, she has like text my husband, very long like apology text and, um, and all of that, which is like the first time she's reached out to him in over a year. Um, but she hasn't reached out to me and um, she hasn't asked to like see us or anything. I don't know. It's just all very strange. And I don't know anything about methadone. That's not something that I've encountered um, in our recovery experience. So I don't know a lot about it. Um, and so when my dad tells me things, I have no way of like calling bullshit or <laughs> I just yeah, kind of I'm right. like, okay, like, well, how are you feeling? Like, you know, what? what's your plan? He, he did mention that at some point in the program, she'll be trusted to bring the medicine home so that she'll get like a few days worth of doses versus like having to go every day, seven days a week. And I was like, well, how do you feel about that? And he was like, I don't know. It makes me kind of nervous. And I was like, well, you could, you know, put it in a safe and 
um, you know, give it to her in the morning. And he was like, yeah, I could do that. He's like, I think it has to be refrigerated. I was like, well, you could find something that can go in the refrigerator. And so just like helping him talk through some of the potential solutions. Um, that's about the extent of what I'm able to do. So it just kind of makes me feel a little bit helpless. And also I just feel very awkward um, trying to re-navigate a relationship with her. Um, I've been holding off on that just because I'm, I guess I'm kind of waiting to see if this is legit or not. Yeah. Um, so anyways, yeah, that's like a whole mess of things. I have zero control over and like no idea what to do, but um, it's very interesting experiencing this whole thing from a different relational perspective. Um, it just gives me a whole new light on it. And like, I understand so deeply now what other people probably thought about my relationship. And uh, that's very true. Yeah. yeah. And I was, as you were talking, I was thinking, I wonder if that makes you like, you know, uh, there have been other episodes where we've talked about how we just want people to support us or say the right thing or bring us a casserole or whatever. Like, does this, make you like I guess more understanding of maybe why we don't like get the support of like you know how you were saying it's just hard to keep up with the changes that is happening with your dad or you don't know what to say you're awkward is it I don't know oh okay so that's interesting I guess I met um so with my dad like our version of a casserole is a phone call (laughs) and so and so like and we've like scheduled a time that he that we're gonna hang out and stuff so it's just like checking in and keeping in contact and stuff that's our thing um but I guess I just mean in navigating my relationship with the person in recovery because I you know with my husband it's easy to like be willing to forgive because you have invested so much in this relationship but when it's someone that you that is not as uh, closely related or closely like involved in your life it's it's interesting how like more how much more skeptical I am and how much mm. more um yeah it's very interesting how I've how I've been with that because I feel like I'm a pretty compassionate person maybe really overly compassionate and I'm not saying I don't <laughs> care about her but I'm just saying that I'm having I'm, I'm having a harder time um, letting down those walls that maybe that I probably, that probably came down faster with my spouse. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, that does it's make just sense. so weird you to don't, experience it from that. Yeah. You don't want your dad to be hurt. No, I also don't want him to live with me again. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do have a decision there. Just FYI. <laughs> I know I'm teasing a bit, but, um, but yeah, no, I don't want him to go through all that again. Right. I don't want her to die. I don't want this, you know, I don't want any of that. But at the same time, it's like, do I want to invest any of my emotional energy in that? And currently the answer has been no. So I've done nothing. And I don't know if that's wrong or right. I don't know. But uh, that's just where I've been with it to this point. But I just, I'm just kind of observing it right now. Like both the way I'm kind of handling it and just kind of what's happening um which is all very interesting from this seat yeah well the way I see it like I don't you know wrong or right who knows but I feel like you're there to offer support when your dad needs it like 
He knows he can call mm-hmm. you. Yeah. You check in with him. Um, she isn't really doing anything or asking you for any sort of help. So right. I don't think you have to like swoop in and just offer help to her or your suggestion. So I, I mean, I feel like you're just doing what you should be doing right now. Yeah. I, yeah. I agree with, I agree with that. I think it does um, show growth for you, Jessica, and you're not oh, trying to control, you're not trying to control the situation. You understand that it is out of your hands. You understand that he's going to do what he's going to do and she's going to mm-hmm. do what she's going to do, whether that is recovery or not. Um, and not that you're holding up your hand saying like, I don't give a shit. You're just, you, you understand the process and mm-hmm. you have, you, you're like, you understand you have no control. Mm-hmm. I think it's Yeah. Gross. Okay. Well, that's a good interpretation because I was feeling a little bit of guilt around it. Um, <laughs> no, I, honestly. I, guess, I think probably the area then where you maybe need to think about is you've touched on this before is like, what, what are your boundaries for like when the time does come up, if she does reach out and wants to get together or whatever it might be like, I guess that would be the area where then you have to think of how to to respond when it is it like when her behavior and things is inserting itself into your like family unit true like yeah that might be a place where you're like getting involved right yeah totally I did invite her and him to Thanksgiving at my house oh. um so we'll see with any yeah. bound- with any boundaries of sobriety I mean I think that's implied um mm. <laughs> I'm not, I mean, look, I'm not like the, the thing is, is that like what you're saying, I I can't control it. So like, I mean, if she wants to be high over here, then that's something that will cross that bridge when we get there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can't, if she's using, she's using, that's the thing. So, So if she showed up to your house high on Thanksgiving, like, and you could tell, you would just, you would be like, oh, okay. It's like, she can stay. Or would that be a situation where like, sorry, you have to go. Yeah. I mean, it would have to be a conversation with my dad and just like, you know, I think she's using, and that's, it's a larger problem at that point. I mean, it's okay. Whatever. It's that you're high at my house. Wouldn't be the first time, but Mm -hmm. it's a dad, do you understand what's happening here? (laughs) You know, like, I mean, there's no danger to my family in like this, like a family gathering and you're just messed up. It's the, like, when you want to pretend like you're okay and then like start to gain my trust back and like do things with my child or, you know, things like that. That's where it's like gets, that's where the boundaries really come up for me. Just showing up at my house, like clearly out of your mind I mean, that doesn't harm me in any way. It makes you look like, you know, you don't have your stuff together. So you're you're like, I'm okay with you being here, being high, but like, let's not pretend that everything's fine. So maybe it's just like like calling out. We know what I'm like, okay with it. It's just that like, I can't control whether or not you're in a, you're currently using, but what I can do is like, not pretend like it's not happening yeah right right. (laughs) and that's that's what happened for so long 
um, just because no one really knew what was going on, you know? Um, so yeah, that's the thing for me. It's like, I, I'm not going to be judging you if you're, if you relapse, I get it. But at the same time, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like that's not what's going on. Right. Yeah. No, I think that makes sense. Yeah. I I think too, it'll hurt your heart. If your dad's like, are you like, she's fine. She's totally fine. Right. the, The amount of times that, uh, you know, Kim and I went places and he was absolutely out of his mind, but I thought he was totally fine, just sleepy. <laughs> and yes. so, you know, you're, you're going to know that she's not tired, <laughs> that right. it's, that it is more than uh, sleepiness. Right. Yeah. And it, and it's not, again, it's something that like, this is not an easy road, especially after 40 some years of using, like, I'm not here to be yeah. judgy, but I'm not going to be an enabler either, you True. know, and that's the part for me that gets hard because I don't want to invest a lot. I do know how long this road can be and how bumpy it can be. And I'm not, I don't want to invest a lot of emotional time and energy to be let down in a month. You know, I, I think I just want to see more progress before I'm willing to do that. Um, and definitely nothing with my kid for a long time, as far as I mean, she can see him and with my supervision, um, but nothing where it's like going to spend the night at grandma and grandpa's that's not happening for a while. Um, so, so yeah, I don't know. I think more than anything, my boundaries are around my emotions. Um, and obviously my child, but I'm not super worried about that. I have full control over that currently. So um, and yeah. for the foreseeable future, um, it's more about like the time and energy and emotions I invest in the relationship, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. It's a sticky one. Yeah. Good shares, man. Yeah. Good shares. That, well, cool. uh, topic of control. I feel like that's one that we can revisit over and over again. Oh yes. Reminders. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, Jessica, we do know what Shannon and I know what you're going to share about. And so I hope that you share about it on stories because I think it's very valuable. Oh yeah. I'm on. Okay. I will. Yeah. Share, <laughs> check out our stories, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> for Jessica's mm-hmm. other share. Oh, this will be released. Yeah. Okay. So when you hear this, I will be taking over stories. <laughs> yeah. I will try to share this when this is released. So you can go check that out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. Well, everyone, thank you for listening to Boy Problems Podcast. Uh, if you didn't see, we were featured on our local news channel. It is on our social. Uh, so if you didn't get to see it, check it out. The three of us um, got real and people text and called us like, hey, we saw you <laughs> on the news. And uh, it's a thing. So uh, check that out. And uh, thank you everyone as always for listening. Please write to us if you need anything uh, and keep coming back. Thanks for spending time with us. We hope this story has helped you better navigate yours. Don't forget to subscribe so we can meet you here next time. If you enjoyed this episode, spread the love by rating or reviewing. Need more support? Join our online community by visiting us at boyproblemspod.com. Whatever you do, keep coming back. We're not licensed professionals. We're here to share our lived experience. So take what resonates and leave what doesn't.